Hello and welcome to the Tech Unplug podcast. I'm your host, Max Portillaro, joined today by my co-host, Arian Timmerman. Hello, Arian. Hello, Max. Hey, good to have you around. Today, we are um, welcoming Piyush Mehta, who's the CEO and founder of Data Dynamics, right? Piyush, hello. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, good to be with you here today. So Piyush, can you introduce a bit uh, Data Dynamics? Uh, one of the things to our audience is that you know, I met you in Prague during a customer meeting, and I had never heard before about data and dynamics, you know? So can you, when you introduce yourself and the company, can you explain us a bit, you know, what's a bit different in, in data dynamics compared to the other startups as well? Sure. So it was a pleasure meeting you in Prague, actually, on a hot summer day. Um, data dynamics uh, is now uh, eighth year in this journey to helping customers address the big challenge of unstructured data management. So we started the journey eight years ago in 2012 in helping customers move to next generation NAS platforms, um, leveraging our Storage X proprietary software platform. Customers before were manually moving data using archaic products uh, or tools, I should say, such as RoboCopy and RSync with a bunch of scripting around it. Um, great when you have a couple of terabytes of data, but tough when you have petabytes of data spanned across uh, multiple geographies as large enterprises do today. So the journey began to helping customers move to next generation scale out and scale up technology, leveraging storage X migration module. And over the first few years, we realized that customers' lack of understanding of their data infrastructure impacted their ability to manage that infrastructure better. So we added a capability, which we call the analytics module, that helps customers understand their data, type, size, last accessed, owner. Why are these things important? So that they have a better understanding of the information so they can make more informed decisions. And then we evolved into adding the ability to move data, not just using a policy engine that will drive data movement to next generation file technologies, but also to object storage, both on-prem as well as in a hybrid cloud model. So StorageX today supports unstructured data across both file and object, uh, helping customers understand what they have, categorize it using a tagging capability that we have within the product, and then drive data mobility tied to a policy engine. So in a nutshell, that's what StorageX as a product is. And um, the beauty of the product is its scalability. So it is currently used or has been used in over 28 of the Fortune 100. Um, so we understand multiple petabytes of data. We understand spans across a global geographic environment and the complexities that it entails. Really, really cool. Thank you very much. First question from my side. I didn't have the opportunity to meet you in, in Prague, so um, I didn't have the opportunity as well to talk with you about the products that you provide for your customers. I hear that you have a product that gives the customers you have visibility in their unstructured data. That's one thing, and, and help customers move that data, in some cases, from their old environments into the new environments, in other cases, to the cloud. Can you tell us a little bit more about 
the customers you are, you have and and how they really use the product that you have so is it almost every time that you come in and first analyze all the data or is it more that you come in because there's a certain question to move data from an old environment to a new environment and help them with the load and 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 uh, the move of the data and then help them analyze the data afterwards can you tell us a bit more about that sure so if you asked me this question seven years ago eight years ago even six years ago i would have answered it as we help customers pick up the data from the old boxes and move it to the new boxes because that's what customers typically tend to do um, they have x let's say 100 terabytes on the source they account for 10 terabyte growth and then they say lift that 100 terabytes and move it to this new bright shiny box that has 110 terabytes um, to support the next environment what's happened since then uh, till now is the evolution of the product where we provide you insights that drive business value so for example if 70 percent of that data is not touched in over three years why are you moving it to that next new shiny box where you can move it to a new shiny box that may not have the same response time or performance in uh, capabilities but it won't have an impact on the business why not make sure that the owners who have access to that data or who own the data itself are the ones that should be accessing that data so is there a compliance challenge that you can help address um, as a low-hanging fruit Maybe you want to identify everything that belongs to C-level executives and make sure that that's sitting on all flash FAS, for example, as an example, uh, as a use case. These are all reasons why you can now understand the data better using the analytics capability and then drive it. Most of our customers today leverage analytics as a predecessor to any activity. That activity could be the purchase of their next-gen environment, the migration to the cloud, or the ability to add object into their storage strategy. So one question from my side, Piyush. So we, we talked here about unstructured data, migration use cases, and if I understand right, you can also use policies in storage X to, uh, to schedule, let's say, the movement of data. So one of, the, one of the use cases could be, you know, archival of call data, for example. Is it possible to, to use storage X to identify via policies, you know, data which has been sitting idle for a few months or a year or something like that and decide to move that to S3 or even to Glacier or something like that? Absolutely. So one of the challenges most customers have is when you think about archive and cloud strategy, where do you start? Born in the cloud is an easy conversation. How do you take your legacy infrastructure and the mounts of data and do something about it? So the ability to say, hey, anything over, let's just say 36 months old, I want to take anything that's not touched in 36 months and move it to an S3 object store, whether that's on-prem, whether that's Glacier, whether that's Azure Blob, doesn't really matter. You pick the location. The ability to drive that identification and then policy-based data movement is the value storage X provides. The additional capability that's added into that equation is our ability to tag. So what we do is once you analyze the data, you can actually tag it. And that tag is free text, which means you could add, you know, something such as Thursday afternoon. And if you add Thursday afternoon to certain shares, exports, what ends up happening is they get added into the companion metadata object that goes into the object store. So that when you want to look for anything that's associated to Thursday afternoon, 
there you go. It'll pop up with that information. That becomes extremely vital when you think about billions of files spread across a global estate. The ability to query that on a native basis every time becomes extremely difficult. So the ability to leverage some kind of categorization capability that is native and can be done even without storage X being there becomes an essential factor. So that's the one thing, again, I want to make sure we take some time and emphasize. Most products that we see out in the market are really focused on having some kind of leave behind capability where you can't live without them. Our belief is that you want to have a product that you're going to use on an ongoing basis, but you're not beholden to it. So we as StorageX um, don't live in the data path in itself, nor do we do anything that proprietarily ties you to us, such as a namespace or sharding that only our database or our pro or our application would know. So what does the customer need to install or buy from you to leverage the StoreXX products? Sure. So we are software only. We get deployed on virtual machines within the customer environment. On the front end, uh, it's a traditional Windows machine with uh, you know X amount of CPU and memory. Um, on the back end, we have two different databases. One is a SQL database to help you drive and store all the policies that are driven around the data migration piece. And the other is Elastic. So when you look at the sheer content of the amount of data that you're scanning or analyzing, we blow past the limits of SQL. So we added Elastic. Elastic is extremely robust. When we store the data in Elastic, we give you the ability to also directly access that database and mine it for anything that you wish outside of StorageX. So if you think about, to answer your question, StorageX meat and potatoes drops on a Windows machine within uh, your environment. You have the database backend of SQL and or Elastic. And then we have what are called UDEs, which are our trademark universal data engines, which actually do the heavy lifting. And they actually are scalable as you need. So you would deploy one instance of StorageX, let's say in North America, and let's say you have six data centers. You would deploy UDEs in those data centers, so this way you're not traversing the van, and you can scale those UDEs as needed. You can QoS them in terms of bandwidth management. So there's a lot of flexibility with the architecture, and now you're not sitting with only one central location that's taking the hit from a performance or management and then worrying about traversing vans and the speed at which you can move. You're really scaling the architecture to meet a global environment with one central input capability. Yeah, so so that, that's really interesting, and there are so many things I'd like to to ask, and I, I would like to uh, uh, perhaps ask a question so I don't go into many directions. So what, one of the things I was thinking about, you say that uh, it's absolutely great to uh, to have the ability to to do this heavy lifting on a global scale. So what do what does Storage X does in terms of trying to unify or bring some, let's say, sense, some sense of order somehow into, you know, very large enterprises which have extremely fragmented uh, file-based storage, you know, many namespaces, many uh, filers and all kind of uh, file-based devices. So when you think about an environment, let's say, you know, we have a customer, take that example, 1,200 filers spread across three continents, maybe four, actually, I should say, across, let's say, 20-some countries. The challenge that you have when you have that is a lack of understanding of visibility into the environment. 
Storage X was deployed into each geo, and due to certain regulation, the collection of that data remained in those geos. Therefore, four instances, the U.S., Asia-Pac, EMEA, uh, and when I say EMEA, two different instances in EMEA, I believe one in Switzerland because of certain regulatory reasons, and then one in the U.K., Now, when you look at that type of deployment, what ends up happening is you're aggregating the data that you're scanning. So you have a better visibility across your estate, whether it is sitting on box A vendor or box B or box C or even Windows attached or Linux or Windows attached data. You know, we still see a lot of our customers having old Solaris boxes with data attached to it. How do I get a better visibility across that estate? How do I then know who owns it? How do I know when was it last accessed? How do I know what type and size it is? You know, and all of these parameters then get aggregated into this database that then we present you with reporting. The beauty is now I understand the reporting and I can take action on it. So the aggregation capability gives you visibility across your estate with the ability to act upon it. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's it's exactly what I was looking for. And you know, this this rise also the question around, and, and I guess that's it's it's uh, something which is taken for granted these days. But when you're you know lever handling so much data, you get a, a sudden understanding of all of the the masses of data which exists in so many corporations. The first thing which comes to my mind as a former administrator is all of the duplicate files which are all over the place, right? So I was thinking about how you're handling those and also what are the, let's say, data transmission mechanisms? Are you using some kind of the duplication? Are you using compression? And also, I guess that when customers can, for example, if they need to send data to, to Amazon or any other uh, public cloud provider, I guess that you can also work with dedicated lines and so on, right? And sorry if it's a long question. That's okay. That's no worries. To answer the first part of that question, what we can do is identify the file size as well as the if it's a duplicate file name. So when we do a list of file, we can give you that information. Leveraging that, you can decide what you wish to do with that that file, if it's the same bytes and if it's the same type and if it's the same owner and if it's the same name. The probability of it being identical uh, should be easily identifiable. In terms of the data mobility piece, we have our own SMB and NFS stack that in uh, that was created to support organic data movement that's built into Storage X itself. But think of Storage X as a policy management orchestration engine. So not only are you using our native capabilities, but we have integration into platforms such as, you know, SnapMirror by NetApp or EasyWall Copy uh, by EMC Dell. And what that does is we're using third-party data movement as a another option that we're giving the customer the flexibility of using. So when you give that kind of flexibility, what ends up happening is you're using the fastest mechanism feasible for the right use case or for the right workload. So if I have a source and destination that's homogeneous and I can do something that can help enhance the speed at which I move, then I'll use that homogeneous vendor's movement capability. And I'm using Storage X to orchestrate make the API calls into it and to trigger it. If they are heterogeneous, if I am moving at a capability that's not supported, let's say a sub-volume capability in the case of a NetApp to NetApp move, you're using Storage X's organic uh, SMB and NFS stack. If you are moving from file to object, you're using the native capabilities that we've built into the project 
to transform an SMB or NFS protocol into an S3-based protocol capability, so convert that file to object. So it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of how you're managing across an estate. Because if you think about large enterprises, they are not tied to a single vendor. They are not tied to a single stack in terms of just file or just object. So how do we give you that capability? And then the third part of your question was around hyperscalers and how we tie into them. So every one of the customers we deal with have direct connectivity to an Amazon, to a Google, to an Azure. So we're leveraging that pipe as the means to to manage it. We don't today have a compression or encryption capability built into the product itself. And there are a couple of reasons for that. So from an encryption standpoint, adding our own keys and then managing them becomes arduous on the customer. Remember, this is deployed within the customer environment. There isn't a call home functionality. They are managing this within their network. And when I say their network, it could be extended to a hyperscaler, but they're not using open pipes. They're, they're using you know direct connectivity, VPN access in. So it is extremely secure from that standpoint. We don't do data compression today, but it is something we're looking at as we consider scaling. Uh, when it comes to scaling from a data movement standpoint, each of our UDEs has the ability to have four threads per core or per CPU, and each thread can manage four policies. So it, it's extremely scalable in terms of how you can scale the data movement. So you can run 16 policies concurrently at any given time per UDE. So extremely robust in terms of how it's architected. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I think we had a bit of audio jittering, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll correct that in the uh, in the podcast. So uh, Ariane, is there any question you would like to ask now or do you want me to keep going? No, no, no. I've, uh, I've got multiple questions, but the one I was looking for, you're moving around a lot of data. In, in which way does Storage X help with security on the, on the attributes, on the files during those migrations? Are you, are you, is there something in Storage X that will help the customer move things around and even make sure that once the data is moved, that people can still access the data? So from a data mobility standpoint, right, you can use any metadata parameter as a trigger to the policy engine, whether it is or a mixture of so type, size, age, owner, or a combination permutation thereof to trigger what data set gets moved and from and to. In terms of access, you could natively access that data from the target directly through your local means. So whether you're mounting to an NFS mount and you're directly accessing it through that standpoint, whether you're giving access to that new SMB share directly. In the case of S3, you can use us to either access that data and, and bring it back in either file format or just read it in an object form, or you can actually natively access it as an S3 capability. So if you rewrite your applications to talk S3 protocol, you could access that data natively as well. So it all depends on on how you want to manage access and depends on what you're trying to accomplish with the data. Okay, thanks. Another one I had, I was, I'm scanning the website and I came across a, a couple of slides. And one of the things that kind of got my attention was you're naming a couple of, of vendors, but not all of them. Do you provide the analytics part for all vendors or is that bound to the vendors named in, in one of the slides for StoreChecks 8.0? So we support anything that talks SMB 
NFS and S3. As long as they've not changed anything on the tradi- or native stack, we can support it. We have API integration into some of the leading vendors. Uh, and when I say vendors, plural. And in those cases, we can use the API as a call mechanism to pull information, but we can also use it as a means of creation. So for example, if we wanted to create a target bucket, if we wanted to provision it, you can use storage X as an intermediary layer and make API calls into storage X, which in turn would make API calls downstream into the vendor. So we have both API integration into vendor capabilities, but we can also talk native protocol, which allows us to support 99% of the vendor uh, community out. Okay, so um, Piyush, um, as, as we're getting close to the uh, to the end, uh, is there um, in, in your mind a compelling use case, for example, something you know which was a bit out of the ordinary that you've been working with at some of your customers that you would like to share? So I think if you have a journey to the cloud, helping identify low-hanging fruits such as age data is a classic use case for storage X analytics because you start a snowball effect by moving things that have the least impact to your users uh, and then accelerate the journey. If you have a use case where you're doing data center consolidations and transformations and need to move data at scale, uh, but want to do it smartly and want to do it with the least amount of services or resources, but more around automation, storage X can bring value. If you have domain consolidation where you had an M&A activity or a divestiture where you had multiple domains running and you have multiple SIDs accessing that uh, for the same individual or the same application uh, within your storage domain, the ability for us to come in and do that SID mapping and cleanup becomes another valuable attribute to storage X. If you have data migrations of large quantity, either homogeneous or heterogeneous, and want to be able to drive automation to drive those, then storage X is of value. So whether you're doing a transformation, whether you're doing a data migration, whether you just want to understand your state better, um, or you want to address a compliance issue in terms of who owns the data. Uh, one of the big uh, things that we see lately is a question of open shares. You know, what do I have in my environment that has accessible to everybody? Because those are things that then I want to do further investigation into and ensure I lock down. So those are all use cases where storage X can bring tremendous value. So on, on the case of open shares, is that something where you can help as well on the cloud side of open shares? I mean, for example, S3 buckets, which are not secured, or is it something you can detect as well? So today we do it on the file side, uh, but we will be adding that also on the object side. Okay, awesome. So, uh, Piyush, one, one last question or a couple last questions. First of all, you you mentioned that you're software only. So, if I would like to uh, engage StorageX to do, for example, a POC, or I would like to install your product, how do I proceed? Do I go to you directly? Do you have partners? What's the engagement model? Sure. So, we work with OEM partners that uh, are able to resell storage X and you can go through them. They're listed on our website. You can also use resellers and VARs that work heavily with us that have the subject matter expertise trained on our products that that can help you deploy the product, train your teams on the product, and they can also be provided both for uh, Europe as well as the Americas. And then finally, you can always reach out to us directly and we can guide you in terms of helping engage. So there's always either a partner or a reseller within a region that can that can be involved. But our, our data dynamics team is absolutely hands-on in working with you to make sure you get what you need. 
before I get to the last question, what's the uh, the licensing model? Uh, is it per capacity or per UDs installed? What's the the way you you proceed? Sure. We wanted to keep it simple. The licensing model for StorageX is tied to the modules. So each module has a pricing, which is based on capacity. They are all annual licenses. So every year you would simply renew based on the capacity that you wish. And that gives you the flexibility sometimes to scale capacity in a massive manner because you're trying to uh, drive a project-based initiative, but scale it down into the second year or to the third year, depending on what you're trying to do. And because it's based on each module, you can basically put your own configuration together of how much you need tied to each module. Okay, very good. So uh, as, as a closing uh, a closing topic, uh, if you were to, to highlight one major difference between you and your competition, what would it be? Scalability and experience. I think if you look at the StorageX platform, served over 300 petabytes of data, moved hundreds of petabytes analyzed and managed, and in 28 of the Fortune 100 that have used it and all with a positive experience. When you look at that scalability and experience, we've we've seen a lot. So we've made the product better over the years. We've driven customer support that meets what an enterprise customer looks for. And we understand the complexity and the challenges, and we've ensured that the product meets that requirement. So that I think by far is the most important and telling reason why you want to go with StorageX. Amazing. Piyush, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I wish you a great rest of the day, and uh, I hope that we'll get to speak again soon, hopefully in person again. Thank you, Piyush, again. Thank you both for your time. Lovely speaking with you. Thank you very much. Thank you.